From in and around the Capital Region, on the Alive Radio Network, this is The Matter at Hand. I'm Alicia Purdy. Just how are you people going to handle your uh, this latest Supreme Court decision about uh, segregation in your home state of Mississippi? Can you have a couple down there? Not go- of course we're not going to have any trouble. We have no racial, no racial friction at all, Larry. But we're going to retain segregated schools. It's approved by both races. Everybody's satisfied. Conditions are good. And we're not going to pay anything about any attention to a political decision by an incompetent political court. Nevertheless, sir, aren't you sworn to uphold the Supreme Court and its decision? Yes, but if people don't want to go to school together, who's going to make them? The landmark case, Brown versus the Board of Education, was decided on May 17, 1954, dividing the United States once again as the U.S. Supreme Court dismantled the separate but equal statute that had been in place since 1896, which had segregated black students from whites in schools. The unanimous opinion of the Supreme Court, issued by Chief Justice Earl Warren, noted that segregation in public schools was a violation of the 14th Amendment, which guarantees equal protection under the law and grossly deprived black students equal opportunities for their educational success. The decision infuriated Democrats across the country who refused to uphold the court's decision, insisting that black students and whites didn't want to attend school together and preferred to be segregated. And while that may have been true in part regarding long-held personal prejudices between black and white communities, black students were in fact pushing for equal access to what white students had, and that meant attending schools with white students. Roger Wilkins, a professor of history and American culture at George Mason University, said that black Americans had long understood that education would be the path upon which they would walk toward economic freedom, opportunities for advancement, the ability to operate on an even playing field within society, and religious autonomy. Blacks had always believed from slavery time when they were denied the opportunity for education, that education was power. They figured, well, the master can read and cipher, and that's where his power comes from. And then other black people just wanted to read the Bible before they died. According to Peter Irons, a professor of political science at the University of California, San Diego, Democrats in the South had decided they would oppose desegregation no matter the consequence. All the public officials declared, governors, senators, members of Congress, state legislators declared, we are not going to obey this decision. And they made it very clear. The Southern members of Congress, almost all of them, with the exception of three senators and a handful of representatives, signed what was called the Southern Manifesto. It was drafted by Senator Strom Thurmond of South Carolina that said the Southern states will resist by any legal means the unconstitutional decision of the Supreme Court. 
While the issues presented in Brown versus the Board of Education predated the civil rights movements of the 1960s, it was that decision that began to transform the legal and social landscape of America. And the world was watching, as the United States was the only country in the world willing to continue the difficult, controversial work of expanding and defending the rights of black Americans to have equal protections under the law. Now, 67 years later, the civil rights movement, as well as the fight to create and defend equal protections and rights under the law, have become battles of a bygone era. As a new movement among communities of color has emerged in nearly every sector of America, but most especially in public education, equity, and social justice. Equity, social justice, and systemic racism are buzzwords in today's educational climate that are a far cry from the purposes of the civil rights movement, which sought to enforce constitutional protections for students that guaranteed equality under the law. Ending segregation was only one part of that fight, and integration was quite another. But now, the equity, social justice, and systemic racism ideologies are posing an existential crisis whereby schools are quickly abandoning the victories of the civil rights movements in favor of a new form of segregation in which equity, social justice, and critical race theory create a new divide between black and white Americans. Whereas justice demands that all Americans are equal under the law, social justice demands that all Americans are equal, period economically, socially, sexually, religiously, and beyond. The biggest difference being the rejection of personal responsibility for one's actions, because under the justification of extenuating circumstances like poverty and racial oppression, this movement has had devastating effects on how education is carried out, the quality of education in America, and the type of subjects students are being educated on, especially for students of color. As the even playing field, equity and social justice demands means that students who are advancing beyond their peers are held back, so no one is unfairly ahead of anyone else, regardless of if they work harder or simply have a greater natural acumen for academic subjects. Systemic racism is the belief that racism is an inherent state of being for white Americans and that the United States was founded upon a racist, white American system of leadership that permeates every single action white Americans take, and the perspective that white Americans cannot help but be racist, no matter how hard they think they're trying not to be racist. We are segregating virtually every single facet of our society, and we're doing it in this gradual process and teaching people that it's a positive aspect of our lives when it's not. We are bringing back segregation in this country, and People will sell it to you as if we're doing it in a positive manner, but it is segregation nonetheless, and that is never positive. Amala Efanui grew up in a leftist, politically progressive home, and she worked as an organizer for the political left, focused on fighting for black communities she lived among, until she discovered the racism she thought she was fighting against was being perpetuated by her side. Now her goals have changed from trying to punish white America about their inherent racism to educating black American activists about what she says is their backslide into segregation all over again. According to Efinui, the American school system is moving backward, undoing the good of the Brown versus Board of Education decision and the civil rights movement and drifting closer and closer to the segregation days of the past. Only this time, it's black Americans pushing to be segregated, not whites. They see it as taking back a country that has not served them, even though America has done wonders for everybody who lives here. I fear that if 
things continue on the same track that they're on right now, we are going to lose all sight of what America ever was or what America should be. And there are strong campaigns to strip America of its tradition and of its values. And a lot of it is what we are taught. When we go into school, we are taught that this country of freedom and liberty has all these transgressions that nobody wants to talk about and nobody wants to discuss. And really, we have a systemic issue that we really are not the, the free and tolerant country that we preach to people that we are. We are not the beacon on the hill that we try to get other people to perceive us as. And I think it is just a child that is born of misinformation and lies. Even communities in the capital region have not been spared the encroaching changes that are slowly invading the local school systems, reaching even the youngest children with the equity, social justice, and systemic racism narratives. In fact, a new diversity and equity policy in the Saratoga Springs City School District that is being heralded as a long-past-due salve to heal educational disparities in the district has been met with tremendous pushback by those who see it as a rogue attempt to indoctrinate students with radical race theories, sparking a bitter debate over critical race theory where some say liberals and racial justice activists are seeking to impose their agenda on America's students. The Saratoga School District's policy outlines the district's commitment to creating and maintaining what they say is a positive and inclusive learning environment where every student, especially those currently and historically marginalized, feels safe, included, welcomed, and accepted and shares in the district's success. While that may not sound threatening, parents pointed out that the policy also highlights a litany of potential lines of inequity, including race, color, weight, national origin, ethnic group, religion, religious practice, all types of disability, sex, gender, sexual orientation, and gender identity, as the district is attempting to level what they feel is an unfair advantage among white students. The policy establishes a district-wide equity and inclusion committee as well as school-level equity teams that will employ district officials who will collect, monitor, and regularly report data on academic outcomes, discipline, attendance, and other areas where gaps between students may persist. Numerous parents have argued that the reality of the so-called equity policy really means that students who are advancing too quickly will be held back against their will while students who are struggling to advance catch up, however long that takes. Simply put, parents say the conservative mindset is that everyone should be given an equal starting point under the law, while the liberal mindset is that everyone must have an equal finish and the shift towards socioeconomic and political focuses in education and away from strengthening academics puts American children in imminent danger of falling behind the rest of the world in their education. Victor Harris, a pastor and the director of Albany Adult and Teen Challenges, says that as a black man, his reality and the experience of black Americans in general in the United States is not inherently racist and that the reality of what black Americans can achieve in this country is not actually limited by anyone or anything other than themselves and has nothing to do with the color of their skin. So we do know that under slavery, there was systemic racism. We do know and understand that during Reconstruction, there was systemic racism. When I have conversations with my dad, who grew up in the old Jim Crow South, who grew up where he saw white and colored drinking fountains, 
where black people couldn't enter the front door of a building. They had to go around the back where they had to sit on the back of the bus. That was part of his experience. And that couldn't own homes in certain places. That was systemic racism. I believe that as a nation, we've moved beyond that. Are there some residuals still left? Absolutely. But when you look at the history of our nation, four short years ago, we had an African-American in the White House as the most powerful person in the world. So when we look at what's being portrayed in the media, we always see the urban environment. We see the issues, the problems, but you don't see that there are black doctors who have achieved, black attorneys who have achieved, black businessmen who have made achievements, who came up in the same environment. When we talk about the black culture, there's something that as African-Americans, we need to do instead of looking for help from the outside, we have to get our house right first. The vision of equality that drove the success of Brown versus the Board of Education 67 years ago and the successes of the civil rights movement advanced equality, but did not stop the work of creating a world where all students have equal access to educational opportunities and where equality under the law was a guaranteed expectation, able to be defended by law. However, the new wave of social justice movements, equity, and critical race theory threatens to undermine the strength of the guarantees of the American Constitution to all Americans, especially as it pertains to equality for black Americans. Although activists fail to see the irony that the very institutions they seek to dismantle are those that have allowed their movement to advance. Amir Odom is a gay, conservative, black activist seeking to help other black Americans who are trapped in the dead-end philosophies of equity, social justice, and critical race theory, which he says is harming black Americans by stripping them of the one of the greatest powers they have in their life, the Constitution and the United States of America. Looking back through everything, I feel like I do have privilege. And it's the privilege of being in America, and it's the same privilege that we're all afforded and that we all have. We live in one of the greatest nations to ever exist that is so free that you can really do whatever you desire to do if you work hard enough and put your mind to it. And I'm just thankful to be here, and I love America. Examining the issues that pertain to the people of God, this is the matter at hand. From in and around the Capital Region, on the Alive Radio Network, I'm Alicia Purdy.